Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us here today. Um, we are live for another lunchtime edition of Sports Talk with Swag. Um, it is currently 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and yeah, we're doing lunch lunchtime Sports Talk with Swag. I try to uh, last week and it was fun and I like doing it um, and I'm trying to make it a little bit more of a thing because I think it's fun to spend you know your lunch break um, with me doing a little um, sports podcasting um, so yeah so we're gonna try it out for a couple more couple more weeks see how it goes um, and then we'll probably take a little break from the show actually because my partner and I are going to be moving at the beginning of April, end of March. Um, so I'll probably take a couple of weeks off just to get adjusted and get this new studio set up and everything, and then we'll be back. Um, but yeah, so today we're talking NBA, uh, the All Star All Star Game. Uh, it's not for another two or three weeks. It's March seventh, Sunday the seventh. Um, but the All Star, the starters were. Um, announced last week and then yesterday, last night, the reserves were announced. Um, so we're just going to kind of break it down, go through each person, um, the starters and the reserves, kind of state their case as to why they should or shouldn't be on the team, and then see who was left off, um, you know, kind of address some of the complaints that people have about different all-stars. Um but yeah, and then we'll have you on your way to get back to the rest of your workday. So yeah, without further ado, let's kind of hop right into it. So I guess to kind of start us off with a little bit of context, for those of you who are unaware or may have forgotten, um, this will be the second year now in the new All-Star Game format, and I believe the fourth or fifth year now with the new kind of formatting for the teams and how they're selected and and drafted and stuff. So the old version was, it was just a mix of fan voting, media, and uh, coaches and players themselves. And it still is like that. Uh, but it was, you know, the top five vote getters in East and West, uh, respectively, were the starters. And then uh, the coaches selected the reserves, and it was just East versus West. But they stopped doing that because it got pretty contrived, and it just was not very comp- – I mean, I don't know. It just it got stale, and it needed to be changed. So now what they have is the starters are still selected East and West. So it's still the same kind of voting format. And it's five starters from the West, five from the East, and then the coaches still pick the reserves, again, picking from East and West. But the top vote-getter from the West and East are each respectively named their captains for their teams, and then they just choose from whoever they want. It doesn't have to be East East or West at that point. They just draft from the pool of players who they want on their team. 
Uh, so that's kind of how that works. And then again, for the actual format of the game, um, we saw this uh, last year was the guinea pig year for it, and I think it went very, very well. I thoroughly enjoyed the the All-Star game. Um, I thought it was the best one I'd seen in my life. Um, and so essentially how it works is the first three quarters are basically played as three separate games. So they're each 12-minute quarters. Um, so like they'll play the first quarter, it's 12 minutes per usual and everything is as normal. And at the end of that quarter, basically one team wins that quarter. So if team LeBron is up, you know, 40 to 35 at the end of the first quarter, that's it. That's the first kind of game, so to speak over with team LeBron wins it. And then they get a certain amount of money that they get to choose a charity to donate to. And then they do that same thing for the second and third quarters. Each quarter, the score resets to zero, zero, zero. And then at the end of the third quarter, they uh, combine the points. So it would be, for instance, at the end of three quarters, um, they add up the points. So it's Team LeBron is 120 to Kevin Durant's team has 115 points. Um, and then... They play the last, the fourth quarter is untimed. So there's no, there's no clock. There is a shot clock, but there's no game clock. And they add 24 points to the total of the leading team score. So again, in this, in, in, for instance, we said it was 120 to 115. So then the target score is 134 points. So whoever gets to that total first wins. And they win... The fourth quarter, which they get a little bit larger of an amount of money to donate, um, and they kind of you know, yeah, they're the they're the winners. Um, so it, again, it was last year was the first year they did it. It's it's confusing when you think about it and when someone's explaining it to you, but when you actually just watch the game, it's very very simple concept to understand. Um, and I think it worked out very much in their benefit. Um, it was very entertaining. It was wildly competitive. And again, you know, they wanted it to come down to they, they, one of the reasons they chose this kind of format was because they wanted the game to end on a game winning shot or free throw, uh, instead of just the clock kind of winding down and running out. Even if someone's up, you know, by 20 points, they still have to take a game-winning shot and make it, so to speak. So it makes it more exciting at the end, and it just makes it way more competitive. I still think they could do something more to maybe make it, to give it a little more meaning. I don't think they should do it the same as like the MLB All-Star Game, where whoever wins the All-Star Game gets home field advantage in the World Series, because I think that's way too high of stakes. Um especially for instance, when you look at like a finals, like last year where it was the one seed Lakers against the five seed heat, it just feels a little wrong that the five seed heat who had a far uh, worse. I mean, it wasn't the Lakers who had a far superior record wouldn't have home field home court advantage. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I don't really know what else they could do. Um, Yeah, I don't know, but I, I just think I, I do think this already does add to the stakes, though, and make it more uh, worthwhile and competitive. Um, but then again, you have like a, a a season like this and a year like in like twenty twenty one, 
where you have pretty much all the players are just not wanting to go. They're not wanting to play. Um, I mean, you have someone like LeBron James, who is always kind of, you know, down down to play and is very competitive and loves the all-star game and is always, you know, competing. Yeah, I mean, he even said, he's like, I don't want to do it. I don't have the energy for it. I have zero desire to go. I wanted to just spend this time off with my family, but instead now I have to spend it in Atlanta, uh, you know, playing the all-star game. Because that's another thing you can consider too now is the all-star game itself is taking place in Atlanta and there's very high restrictions for who the players can bring to uh, the game and like to that kind of weekend. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just more time away from family and friends for these players, which I get it's tough and it's already on a very truncated off season. And, um, you know, this season has already just been wild with everything with COVID. So I don't blame them for not being too excited for it, but hopefully we'll still get a relatively competitive game. I think we'll still have younger players in it who are, who, you know, aren't really settled into their lives, so to speak. And I don't mean that as a detraction. I just mean like they don't have like a partner and kids and like a whole family um, to necessarily worry about where maybe they'll give a little bit more um, in it. I don't know. But at the end of the day, that is the deal. And then so the other thing as well is that to also try to uh, limit COVID exposures and all that stuff, instead of it being a whole weekend, it's just going to be one night. So typically it's Friday night, you have the Rising Stars game or, yeah, I think that's what it's called now, Rising Stars Challenge, where it's first and second year players and it's Team USA versus Team World. And that's always exciting to watch. I like watching that. And then you also have the Celebrity All-Star Game, which is always, I'll usually watch a couple minutes of it, but outside of that, it's not super exciting to watch. And then Saturday night is when you have the skills competition, the three-point challenge, and the dunk contests. And then Sunday night, you just have the All-Star Game. But instead, they're putting that all together. And so there's no Celebrity All-Star Game. There's no Rising Stars Challenge, which is a bummer, um, especially for those guys who would have been competing in it this year. Um, but, and then instead, it's, I believe, I think I have it written down here. So the skills competition is first, starting at 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. Then directly following that is the three-point contest. And then directly following that at 8 p.m. is the All-Star Game. And then at halftime of the All-Star Game is the dunk contest. So it's going to be a lot. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be excited that it's just all in one kind of chunk. And they don't have to worry about like three different nights of being home and watching TV and stuff like that. Um, but... It's a lot all at once, and I don't know how they're going to do it timing-wise. Like, that's a very strict schedule you have to stick to. Um, and the, also, the dunk contest being at halftime also worries me for being, like, oversaturating, if that makes sense. Um, for instance, like, I have a lot of experience with stuff like this with the wrestling industry where, you know, if it's at... WrestleMania, for instance, and it's, you know, their Super Bowl and you have like the big, like you have a big match that everyone's really excited for and it's going to be 25 minutes. Um, I mean, you don't know this going into it, but um, it's going to be, you know, 
competitive and a great match, you typically want to follow that up with one that's a little bit less intense to give people a chance to calm down and, and get, you know, um, their wits about them before going into another huge match, you know, just put them all next to each other. Same with this, where I just wonder if having the all-star game following the three point contest and skills challenge, and then immediately you have halftime and it's the, it's the dunk contest, which is typically everyone's favorite thing of the weekend. And then you have the second half of the all-star game. It's just going to be a lot. And I just worry that people are going to be exhausted by the end of it. And like the second half, I'm talking in terms of fans in the second half, people are just going to be like, so wiped out. They're just not going to care and lose. They're going to lose viewership. So we'll see. Um, Rohan gaming says, hello. Hello. Thanks for checking out the show. Um, if you guys didn't know, uh, listening to the audio form, we are always live on YouTube and now Instagram, um, for every episode that we record. So you can always come and hang out with me and chat. So hello, Rohan, how are you doing? Um, so yeah, so that being said, that's kind of the background info on the all-star game. Um, hopefully that helps give a little context to everyone and for people who didn't know. Now let's kind of break down and get into the nitty gritty of it with the actual teams. So the two captains are going to be LeBron and Kevin Durant. Um, the past couple of years, it's been LeBron has been the captain every year for whatever conference he's in. And then it was Steph for a couple of years until LeBron moved over to the West. And then it was Giannis been Giannis since then. But now with Kevin Durant back, he is the second captain. So just a little, Stats, uh, LeBron, again, captain of his own team, averaging 26, 8, and 8 this season, and Kevin Durant, the other captain, averaging 29, 5, and 7 this season. So I think both of them are very much deserving of their respective captain positions. I don't think anyone is really complaining about that, so we don't really have to talk about that at all. All right, so then the starters, it's going to be four from the East, four from the West. So for the East or the ones coming out of the East, you have Giannis averaging 29, 6, and 12, and this is going points, assists, rebounds, just so you know. Um, Bradley Beal averaging 33, 5, and 5. He's currently leading the league in scoring. Um, Embiid at 33 and 11, and Kyrie at 27, 6, and 5. And then coming out of the West, you have Steph averaging 36 and 5, Luka averaging 29, 9, and 9, Jokic averaging 27, 8, and 11, and Kawhi averaging 27, 5, and 6. So really, I think the only issue here that I had and that people in general have had with this is Luka being a starter coming out of the West. I think a lot of people were expecting it to be Damian Lillard, and that is kind of the double-edged sword of fan voting still being a thing and still holding the majority uh, for the starters. So again, I think it's 50% is fan voting, 25% is media and 25% is the league itself. So yeah, Luca had a lot of fan votes, but when you look at the media and uh, league votes, Damien was very far ahead of Luca, but it was just he had so many more fan votes because, you know, people just love him. Um, and he's also getting a big international pull from being from Slovenia. Um, 
that he was named a starter. And he was even asked about it, and he said himself, he's like, I think Damien should be starting above me. I think he deserved it more. So even when you have someone like that saying, like, I shouldn't be a starter, um, I think that just kind of shows the flaws in the system. And they've been trying to tweak it for a while, and they keep changing kind of the weights of it because it used to just be 100% fan voting. Um which thank God that's not a thing anymore because like Alex Caruso would be like starting. Um, so it's getting there. I just think they need to make it like 50% league, 25% media, 25% fan. I think that's the fairest you can make it at this point. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I, you know, Giannis is still averaging MVP numbers, but at this point, I think we're already getting to the point where people are getting bored of him and his greatness. Um, I mean, people will have the complaints they do about his game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's still an incredible player. Bradley Beal, rightfully, finally getting to start on the All-Star team. Um, I mean, he's leading the league in scoring, and he's just doing what he's been doing the past two or three years, but for whatever reason, he hasn't gotten that respect he deserves for being an All-Star, um, but he's finally getting it this year. Joel on track to potentially win MVP this year. Uh, obviously, well-deserving, leading that 76ers team quite nicely. Kyrie, I, I think, I guess, does still make the most sense. I think maybe you could have voted Harden over him um, for that final starting position, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just a starting position, and you knew Harden was going to get on the All-Star team regardless, so it wasn't a huge deal. And then in the West, yeah, Luca. Outside of that, everyone else makes sense. They're all doing their doing their thing. So in terms of the reserves, and again, these are chosen entirely by the coaches, which I like. Uh, the reserves coming out of the East, we have Jalen Brown averaging twenty six four and six, uh, James Harden averaging twenty five eleven and eight, Zach Levine, a first time All Star, uh, averaging twenty nine five and five. Julius Randle, another first-timer, averaging 23-6-11. The Knicks finally getting another all-star uh, outside of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, ben, Simmon, ben Simmons, excuse me, averaging 16-8-8. Jason Tatum averaging 26-5-7. And, and Nikola Vucevic averaging 24-4-12. So with these reserves, I think they're all very deserving. Um... I think the one that jumps out the most for people is probably going to be Ben Simmons if they're just looking at the statistics because he's only averaging 16, 8, and 8. And people are going to say that um, DeMontis Sabonis deserved that spot over him, and maybe he does, but you, you can't just look at statistics because, um, you know, he's one of, if not the best defenders in the game right now. I mean, he's definitely the best uh, perimeter defender in the NBA right now. Um, and he's, he, yeah, he's just lockdown defender. And on top of that, he's a good all around player, not a great scorer, but you know, averaging eight rebounds, eight assists is, and they finally have him playing point guard uh, makes sense. So I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. I think at this point, and this goes for the West as well, once we cover them as well, but just as an overarching theme here, the NBA has just gotten really good now. And there's not as big of a disparity between the All-Stars and the non-All-Stars, at least it seems to me as in previous years. And so, like, yeah, you definitely could have had some bonus on this team, but, like, who do you take out? Like, I guess maybe Simmons, but, like, 
I don't know. I still think he's an all-star and he's playing like an all-star and everyone else from those reserves is playing very well. And, you know, Jalen Brown, a first time all-star um, is playing better than Tatum in my eyes. Um, and he's a better defender and he absolutely deserves that. Um, Harden is obviously an all-star. He's, um, I believe leading the league in assists um, and is still an incredible scorer. And that Nets team is offensively unstoppable. Zach Levine finally getting his first nod, and he's, you know, always in contention for leading the league in scoring. Uh, Julius Randle is leading the Knicks to a playoff spot. Like, uh, that's insane. Um, So, uh, I don't know. It's just tough. Like, all these people are going to complain, and they're going to say, oh, this person got snubbed, this person should be on there, but they're never going to say who they would remove from the All-Star team. So... At the end of the day, it's just luck of the draw, and it's a. It's still at this point is a relative popularity contest, and Sabonis just doesn't have enough fans at this point, I guess. So, anyways, uh, the reserves coming out of the West, starting us off, Anthony Davis, averaging twenty three, three and eight, and at this point, I believe he's most likely going to be replaced uh, because he's injured and he's supposed to be out for, I believe, still a couple more weeks. So I doubt he's going to be back in time for the All-Star game. So he'll most likely be replaced. Um, and I'm not sure by who, probably Devin Booker, if I had to guess. If not him, then I don't know. There's Again, there's a lot. You could go with Christian Wood. You could go with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You could go with... Um, who else? Probably Jamal Murray. There's a, there's a bunch of people. So, but I, I still don't think he's going to end up actually playing, and he'll his spot spot will be filled. Um, who else? Paul George averaging twenty five five and six. Rudy Gobert averaging fourteen one and fourteen. Damian Lillard averaging thirty eight and four. Uh, Donovan Mitchell averaging twenty five five and four. CP3 averaging 17, 9, and 5, and Zion averaging 25, 3, and 7, getting his, his first all-star nod. Now, people are getting upset with Zion getting selected here, um, and it kind of ties into this overarching theme that I've seen this entire season of... People just like being over Zion and just kind of being done with him and thinking he's not good, thinking he's washed, he's a bust, and um, the NBA is just doing everything they can to get him on the all-star team and getting get him TV time and all this stuff. And I truly don't understand it. Um, First of all, he's averaging 25 points, three assists, seven rebounds. Um, so when you look at that, it's similar and better in some other fashions uh, of a stat line compared to Anthony Davis. Um, and it's better than, you know, Donovan Mitchell. It's better than... Uh, who else could you say? It's basically the same as like Jason Tatum. Um, it's better than Jalen Brown. It's better than Zach Levine. It's, it's, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, 
it's tough. Like when you just look purely at statistics, he's averaging those. But on top of that, he has a 62.3% effective field goal percentage, which is ridiculous. He's got a 26.6 PER and he's got 4.1 win shares so far this season. And again, if you can compare and contrast that with Anthony Davis, who's averaging 23, three and eight, He's only at 55.5% effective field goal percentage, 24.7 PER, and 3.3 win shares so far. So Zion is legitimately categorically better than Anthony Davis, but no one is questioning him being an all-star. But so many people are so done, and they're just like, oh, this is just the NBA pushing their agenda. It's rigged. They're forcing Zion onto it. Like, this is ridiculous. I don't get it. I don't understand that notion at all. <clears throat> um, and I definitely don't understand the notion of Zion just not being good because let's not forget he's averaging those numbers playing alongside Brandon Ingram, who uh, is their number one go-to player for sure. Um, and I, like, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't get it. Um, Zion is a very good player. He's in his second year. He is doing things that no one has done before in the NBA, literally, uh, especially when you're, if you're looking at statistics, um, he's scoring points at will. He's doing it at an insanely efficient rate, which again, no, we're, we've not seen this kind of efficiency before from a big man like him. Um, I just don't understand the hate towards him. I really don't. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's just like a bunch of UNC fans who still hate him because he went to Duke or uh, I don't even know because I, yeah, I just don't, I just don't get it. So that's that. Um, but Devin Booker is definitely the name being tossed around the most as being snubbed um, and should have been a Western conference reserve. I think he most likely will be and replace Anthony Davis. But again, I get it, but you can't say someone shouldn't have made should have made it without saying who shouldn't have. And so if you put Booker in, who do you then take out? Obviously, people are going to say Zion because they just don't like him. I think a lot of people's go-to would probably be Chris Paul because, um, again, if you're looking at statistics or maybe Rudy Gobert just because he's not scoring a lot, but he's still one of the best defenders and rebounders in the game. He absolutely is an all-star. I think Chris Paul is still absolutely an all-star because I don't think Booker is where he's at this season without Chris Paul. Um, because, you know, Booker is still playing very well, like he always has, uh, still scoring very well, but he's doing it at a lot more, uh, efficiently. He's doing it a lot more efficiently this season than he ever has. And a big, big reason for that is because of Chris Paul. Um, and because Booker is playing a lot more off ball now, which I think is helping. And the other thing, too, is Chris Paul has been a lot more consistent this season. Like, Chris Paul has been Chris Paul this whole season, the one we've come to expect the last couple of years. Um, and he's doing his thing. Booker got a slow start to the season. Um, he's missed a couple games to injury. He had some shooting woes, and he just wasn't doing very well. I mean, obviously, a lot of that was just him and Chris Paul figuring out how they play together and how that works. And that took some time, but, like, while it was taking time, like Booker wasn't playing that well. And so, you know, Chris Paul was still playing at that level. So I think that's why he got the vote over Devin Booker. But again, not to say I think Devin Booker is an all-star, but I don't think that anyone on that Western Reserve team shouldn't be an all-star. So 
it's tough to take them out. Um, who's another name? Trey Young is another li- name that is getting thrown around as being um, snubbed. He's right now uh, averaging 27, 10, and 4, which, are great, again, great stat line. Um, a talented player, but who do you who who does he replace? I, I just don't see anyone on that reserve team that uh, he's like significantly better than that he deserves the nod over. Um, especially for me, I like to just I think a lot of times the All Star game and people looking at All Stars is a by popularity and b by how many points you score. And so obviously Trey Young. Um, a elite scorer in the league, and no one can deny that. He's very talented offensively. Um, great passer, um, you know, obviously averaging 27 and 10. But he's legitimately, statistically proven to be one of the worst defenders in the entire NBA. Um, people's field goal percentage skyrockets when he's guarding them. Their turnover rate plummets. <clears throat> um He's a liability on defense, but because he's so offensively gifted that I can't say more than makes up for it, but that's a reason why he's still considered an elite talent is because he's so gifted offensively, but he's not a good defender. And so for me, that is the kind of, that's the qualifier that doesn't help him get pushed over. Um, Because when you look at like Jalen Brown, doing a little less offensively, but he's a, he's a really good defender. Uh, so he gets it. Harden is a better scorer and defender and a better leader. Um, Zach Levine, I think, is more efficient. Uh, I think maybe you could have replaced Zach Levine with him. But, I mean, Trey Young has more help on his team. So it's like, you know, Zach Levine is doing it all by himself, kind of similar to, like, how Bradley Beal has been the past couple of years. Simmons is obviously a way better defender and I think he's a better playmaker. Um, and that's kind of the guards there. So I just, I don't see it. Um, again, a very gifted player. And I think if they had extra spots, I think he absolutely gets the nod, but they don't. And so I think those players who have similar levels of offensive talent, um, got the nod because they're just also better defenders. I think that's what it is. Um, again, I think, the NBA, like the league in general, the players have just gotten so good that it is finally kind of getting to a point where um, all-stars are getting really hard to choose. And I think it's kind of, if you're kind of my age or a little older, um, you know, a lot of like the millennial generation, they grew up with an NBA where the stars were the stars and then it was the rest of the NBA, you know, you had your Allen Iverson, Dirk, um, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, Mello, um, Steve Nash. It was like, they were like always going to be all stars. No one complained about it. And then there was just this gap between them and everyone else. And so it, it was never really, at least to my knowledge, that many issues with who got selected to the all-star game. Um, But now, you know, you have guys like Trey Young, guys like Devin Booker, guys like Sabonis. Um, Who else? Who else could have gone? Um, Guys like Jamal Murray. 
um, guys like Chris Middleton, um, guys like Brandon Ingram, guys like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, people like that who are really gifted, but they're just not getting selected to the All-Star Games because they're just not, they don't have whatever it is, that X factor to push them up to that realm. So at the end of the day, that it is what it is. I'm not... I'm not upset with it. There was, I mean, the only thing I was upset with, I was like, what was Luca getting the start over Dame? But even that, I was just like, I mean, whatever. It's just starting. Like, you're still an all-star. We knew he was going to get selected. And at the end of the day, because it's not East first West, Damian Lillard could still end up playing way more, having way more playtime than um, Luca. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone was like criminally left off. That was like, this is insane. Like, there's no way. Um, but yeah, so those are my thoughts on uh, the All-Star selections. Uh, that's kind of it for this episode. It's I'm, I'm trying to keep these episodes a little quicker. Um, a, just to make them easier to digest. And B, especially if I'm trying to do them during lunchtime. You know, people don't have a, huge, a very long lunch break. So... Um, so yeah, so make sure you um, let me know what you think because I want to know. Uh, I'm only one person and I want to hear what your opinions are. So send, in, send me an email to sportstalkerswag at gmail.com or um, hit me up on social media, Facebook and Instagram of Sports Talk with Swag. Twitter is STWS Cast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch the live streams of the episodes. And we also now are doing them on Instagram as well. Um, you can listen to this podcast, the audio version, anywhere uh, you get your podcast. But Spotify, I think, is the best way to go. Uh, but pick your pick your poison. Um, make sure you leave a five star rating for the show, or you will not be selected as an all star in my book. So sorry about it. Get those five star ratings in. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I want to thank you guys all for uh, listening and for coming out to the live stream. And I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. It's Sports Talk with Swear.